This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Monoville and Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers, be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, we're fresh, back off the bye week. Swaney, Cash and I are pumped to get back into this episode. The footy's back. Uh, some very interesting results last round. University just keep on rumbling. The Raddies had a big win against the Shawman at North Sydney Oval. Really want to talk through that game. And some very interesting clashes all over Sydney. And uh, some more interesting one com- coming up this week. So uh, we're officially into the second half of the season. The home stretch. So plenty to talk about. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round 10 wrap. Joining me once again on the podcast, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure to have the week off last week and uh, wine and dine you uh, for your commitments to uh, the podcast thus far. Yeah, I'm glad we got around to it, Burjo and uh, and Casho. It was magnificent to actually see that you bikes really exist in person. <laughs> I did have those vibes myself. Uh, <laughs> Casho and I uh, were treated to some vintage performances on the restaurant floor, though, weren't we, Casho? There was an incident uh, at the Manly Skiff Club uh, involving one <laughs> a, a Swain. We call it, we're calling it Prawngate. Uh, we got the, the special. Uh, well, we have the, the chicken palmy was still like a surf and turf, but with a parmesan and prawns. That might sound off-putting, but it was quite pleasant. Yeah, it was uh, delicious. Until, it was until, delicious. Until about halfway through the sitting when um, we saw a stray orange blur go flying across the room. <laughs> and uh, Casho, it was, it was a, it was a uh, crustacean of some description, I believe. Yeah, listen, I... Um... I've, I've, I've had a bit of a swollen ear over the last couple of days, and I think that prawn tail actually grazed my uh, my right ear. So, uh, so, uh, uh, and and it's become a wee bit infected, Swaney. And I, I, I get the feeling that might have been the mayonnaise that was on it, and and also a bit of prawn brain that was. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I was more concerned about legal action from the table next to us after you. After you offered them drinks and uh, wiped down the um, the uh, the male member of that table's uh, uh, obviously nineteen seventies uh, leather jacket. Yeah, so, uh, the lawyers are uh, uh, ten paces apart yet, but I hope it goes well for you. Well, can I just explain? So this is what happened. So I, I picked up the prawn, which was you know with a healthy douse of white sauce, some sort of lovely white wine. Um, sauce on it, I believe, and uh, and you know I'm just trying to squeeze the, uh, the the prawn tail to to lift it off as you as you do, and like a bullet out of a gun, it is shot out of my hands. It was a nine As Casho says, it's grazed his right ear, and he wore most of the sauce as well. I have to say, and uh, and flown off, it's ricocheted, hit the bloke with the the brown pleather jacket on. And uh, and landed about you know a few feet away, oh. um, but it, 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 I reckon it went at light speed. That that's how fast it went, mate. It was travelling. It was travelling, and uh, and it, it. I think everything just went silent for about probably fifteen seconds. It was kind yeah. of stillness and silence where just everyone just stopped. 
And and then I've I've sort of looked around and I saw the lady talking to her mate with the pleather jacket on, saying, "Did that just hit you?" And oh. I've I've had to go, "Oh, okay." I, I had to give myself up and got up and walked over and went, "Look, I'm terribly sorry. I don't know what happened just then." I've started wiping the white sauce off his pleather jacket, um, and and I've offered them some drinks, and you know I think I intimidated them enough to say no, no, it's all good. Um, you are six foot eight, though, Swanee. <laughs> I was buns were no nice to you, Swanee. I was in the background doing the best uh, Lloyd Christmas pointing at you. <laughs> While Seabass, Seabass on the other table was turning around, like, "Will you be with the salt?" There was there was prawn splatter everywhere. It's like a bloody it was a murder scene. Poor poor old Kasha copped a bit on the face and uh, oh oh, dear idea was uh, old lighted the three hundred three with a prawn tail and went kaboom. Oh, you're right about that that little moment of awkwardness around the room after you did it. Was just this. Deathly silence across the man. This Sif's gift club. What had actually happened? It must have sounded like a bullet out of a gun because that's why it all went silent. It was like someone had, you know, someone had um, shot a gun, fired a gun. Anyway, it was funny. Listen, it it didn't stop there because uh, Mr. Virgilin took us on the secret squirrel tour of all the uh, strange and exotic clubs of Manly. After that, Uh, listen, it uh, it was. some fan, uh, fantastic night out. So, Virgo, uh, thank you very much. Yeah. I didn't realise you were part of the Stonecutters, Virgo, but there you go. We, uh, we learn something new every day. Secret sect around the beaches. I might be a member, but um, those clubs are pretty straight up and down, boys. Not too exotic. But, uh, no, it was a pleasure to uh, do that, and we'll have to go to uh, uh, your neck of the woods next time. Um uh, Swaney, Super Rugby, uh, the curtain fell on uh, the Trans-Tasman competition on the wicket. The Blues coming away with the with the win. Um, so a bit of silverware, an 18-year drought, I read, but uh, I guess it's a bit of a different cop, but good on them. Uh, trophy nonetheless, eh? Yeah, that's right. They were very happy with themselves. It was a uh, quite entertaining sort of a game, that one. Um, Blues v Highlanders. The Highlanders were in it for a good chunk of the time. Um, there was sort of a game-breaking moment where Gibson, the reserve uh, flanker for the Blues, scored the match-winning try, and then Harry Plummer, who's their reserve uh, reserve utility back, came on and iced a couple of pretty crucial kicks too, and mm. that was the ball game. But yeah, it was a uh, entertaining final. Um, you know, it's now now we look forward to test matches, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. I see the French have uh, announced a, a youthful side, but uh, it's a country with a lot of depth at the moment, Kasha, so I still think they're going to be a mighty test for the Wallabies. Yeah, listen, I think uh, I, I, I think the side that they can cobble together for, you know, the first test and probably the third test are the ones that they'll uh, they'll aim at. But listen, mm. there's uh, there's plenty of uh, talent there in, uh, in French rugby at the moment. Uh, the, the fact that... Uh, Antoine Dupont and uh, Entermac won't, won't be here because they, uh, they, they're playing this weekend in the uh, top 14 final. Mm. I, I, I don't think uh, probably pulls too much a, a, a away from this, uh, this French group because yeah. there's a lot of players there who've played in the last two uh, under 20 championships that uh, the French have won. So, uh, listen, they're, they're obviously aiming at uh, Rugby World Cup 2023. So, uh, Listen, it's uh, it, it's going to be a, 
a very uh, very interesting uh, series against the Wallabies, I think. Yeah, it's a shame DuPont's not coming down because he's one of the true uh, big stars of uh, global rugby at the moment. The Southern Hemisphere hasn't seen a whole lot of him down here, but he's just been uh, he's been blitzing them up north. Um, but as you say, Casho, they've been building for a few years now for France 2023 World Cup, and uh, hopefully we're going to get three awesome games in very quick succession, Swaney. All on stand? Yeah, that's right. All on stand and nine. Uh, for the three test matches, so that'll be that'll be very good. Looking forward to that. Um, you know, we've got a Wednesday, a Tuesday, and then a Saturday game mm-hmm. uh, in eleven days. So, uh, and then the, the Saturday game at Suncorp Stadium is a double header as well with the Wallaroos playing at Samoa. So that that'll be a, a a terrific day up there at Suncorp. But yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting it to be very entertaining. Uh, I reckon we're going to see some pretty different Wallaby sides as well. Uh, speaking of the French, looking quite different. I think the Wallabies might look fairly different as well. So um, mm. that's, yeah, that's what I, I think. Uh, and, and it'll be extremely entertaining. If you haven't got tickets, I reckon go out and buy them because uh, it should be a, a fantastic couple of test matches. Mm. Actually, boys, on that, uh, on that Wallaby front, I was listening to the press conference today with Scott Wisemantle and, uh, Sidaleki Tamani and uh, Wisey was talking about how uh, every day uh, they've been working from 6am to probably 5.36am <laughs> each each night and uh, each day they have a gold, a silver and a bronze medal and every day it's changed. Mm. So, you know, there's there's a lot of competition up there and a, and a lot of people who are, uh, who are very keen to um, show Dave Reddy and the other coaches that they're uh, they're up to this level, so that's uh, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's critically important that Wallabies start churning some results because we want to uh, get behind our, our new coach and new team, and uh, nothing nothing talks like results. And on that vein, uh, it looks like the uh, Waratahs are getting very close to an announcement. They've shortlisted their candidates. You revealed to us at dinner last week that one Simon Cron might be on that shortlist. Cash it wasn't confirmed yet, but I believe there are some chats along with Darren Coleman and John Menenti and I believe John Mulverhill. So oh, they must be listening to Shootcast every week, these these people in high places, uh, Swaney, because uh, mate, they're just, uh, looks like we're, we're, you know, it looks like we're on course for hopefully one of those coaches, which I think, to be honest, anyone in Clubland would be pretty happy with, with a Menenti, Cron or Coleman, depending on which way they go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I Finger on the pulse, Burjo. That's what we have. Yep. And um, you know, I, I guess it's it's a pretty obvious shortlist, isn't it? It's of uh, course. those yep. guys are the the definite guys that you'd want, um, you know, leading the Waratahs. So, yeah, I, I look forward to to this announcement. Hopefully, it happens very soon, so they can start getting on with it. Mm, I mean, some people might even say, "Finger on the prawn tail." To be <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you, you actually are right. I think um, I, I, I get the feeling it's probably out of uh, of Darren Coleman and uh, and John Menenti, mm. uh, but I think probably uh, the way that Simon may well go would be to honour his agreement with uh, with uh, Toyota Verblitz uh, yeah. because he's made a commitment there and he's working with. Uh, with shags, uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised if he if, if he goes that way because uh, you know there's a big rebuild to do. 
Mm, yeah, you'd be hard to walk away from that uh, arrangement with, you know, Steve Hansen and the exposure is getting to that sort of pedigree. And you don't want to get, um, you don't want to dishonour Japanese contracts, I believe, uh, in the world of rugby, Swaney. It's uh, uh, it's a very, very, when you sign a contract in Japan, it's a, it's very strongly held, not just on paper, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the poison fist of the Pacific Rim will come and get you otherwise. Uh, <laughs> exactly right. You don't want bad Japanese juju for the rest of your coaching career. No, no, you don't want that <laughs> at all. Is that what happened at the, uh, at the skiff club last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A bad yeah. prawn tail yeah. in your, in your back is like a, it's mm. like a horse's head in your bed, mate. <laughs> yeah. oh, I apologise to our listeners and get past Prawngate at some point uh, It was quite the moment Anyway, um, let's jump into the rugby um, University Oval, the out-and-out leaders of the competition University with another bonus point win 26-5 to over last year's Premier's Gordon uh, Uni in control for most of the game um, racked up uh, their, their most of their points in the first half. Gordon had a had a try in the sort of the 50, 60 minute mark, and then Uni finished with a with a plum. But uh, just too big, too fast, too strong. You know, despite being a pretty comfortable match, it's probably as close as teams have got to Uni lately. Casho. Yeah, listen, uh, Phil Blake's first game in charge here, so mm. I think a lot of the playing group were very keen to sort of make a statement because. A lot of chatter around the place about them, you know, is this uh, is this the thing that's going to change this winning run? And, listen, nothing could be further from the truth. Mm. They were ruthless. They, uh, they went about their work. They were relentless. Uh, and they just kept coming at them. They kept knocking them over. Uh, young Daniel Paletto was uh, the, uh, the number 10. He scored two tries. They rolled in a, uh, a nice try to Declan Moore from 25 mm. metres out. So, uh, listen, it was, a, it was a complete performance. They turned, ran into the wind. Gordon were able to, uh, to score one try, but uh, Uni finished it off with, uh, with another one uh, to, uh, I think, Matthew Wood. Mm. And, um, 26-5, a very complete performance. And... Uh, Absolutely red hot uh, uh, favourites to uh, win this competition. Can't yeah. see it changing in the next month or two. No, I can't. Who's Uni's number one, number ten? Because they seem to swap Hughes and Paletto every week, but they both just slot in fine and both perform. I guess look, they've got a great platform, but uh, credit to them. Hughes has had some great individual games, and and Paletto did again on the weekend. So. Is there injuries there, or are they just um, alternating? Uh, no, I, I think um, I think you know, Ben Hughes picked up a, uh, a hammy complaint there. Okay. So, yeah, uh, right. But uh, you know, and, and there was also uh, uh, William Cocker came into that side for Bockenham, so uh, mm. he he, uh, he pulled a hammy at uh, Waratah's training, so like during the week. But uh, listen, they have uh, they have more of the same, just sort of coming on through, whether that's in their reserve grade side or in their Colts, and uh, they uh, they sort of change them around. So, uh, listen, quite a complete performance for sure. Mm. The best part of this game was the uh, the walk-off interview at halftime from Henry Robertson. Did you see, Did you happen to catch that? I have not caught it. What's going on, Swain? I'll just, just, I'll go, I'll just let you listeners just go back and watch the uh, halftime walk-off interview. It's, it's a very entertaining one. 
couple of choice words from Henry Robertson that uh, he probably regrets afterwards, but it was quite well, funny. This is what the Shoot Shield's all about. It's that media, yeah. media training and, uh, you know, not quite at the professional ranks yet. We <laughs> it was learn, very funny. We learn week to week in, in all facets, so I can't blame the young fella for that. It's just enthusiasm. Exactly. Um, he obviously drew on the uh, Sam Ward vocabulary, did he? Yes, he did. He <laughs> yeah. did. There was uh, some some interesting choice of uh, vocabulary, indeed. Now, uh, Declan Moore's on sixteen tries after nine games. That's uh, that's a fair stat, Casher. Well, listen, that's uh, that's two lifetimes for myself, and probably <laughs> Swaney as well. So yeah. he's just uh, he just keeps on coming. Uh, you know, he's got Tom Horton on the bench there, you know, like who's uh, a professional player with the uh, with Waratahs there and uh, he's keeping him at bay uh, for, for, for that starting role. And I can't see that changing too much in the, in, in the next couple of weeks. He's, uh, he's very much the complete unit there. Bit of uh, shoot-shoot trivia. Do you know who has scored the most tries in a season as a forward? Whoa. Harry Bershelin. Correct. Uh, really? Harry, 1928, Bob Templeton also scored 20. So Harry, who is also a manly player, Harry and Bob Templeton on 20, Tim Davidson on 19. So unfortunately for Harry and Bob Templeton, I reckon Declan Moore's coming like a freight train. Uh, with 16 tries in nine games, uh, he might take some stopping. Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a stat. That is Also interesting, uh, Harry was coached by Phil Blake in the year he did it, and uh, as is Declan Moore. So there you go. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, yeah, look, uh, you need too good. Gordon, uh, it's a couple of losses on the bounce, Casho. Everything all good at Chatswood. I mean, they've had a pretty strong start and still well in the mix, and they've played two pretty strong sides back-to-back, haven't they? Well, listen, they, 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 they're struggling to uh, keep any sort of midfield uh, continuity. Uh, Reese McDonald's out uh, after fracturing a an, an, an eye socket um, uh, the during the last round, so he's gone. That meant Ben Pollock was there. So uh, uh, and and there are a few little whispers around the around the place that uh, there might be uh, Roddy Iona coming back from the MLR. Well, so, that's a uh, that's a big in for the Stags. Stay tuned. It'll be a big in, and uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Billy would be able to accommodate him somewhere. In, in that uh, in that twenty three, ah, uh, yeah, it'll have a ten on his back. I'm sure he's, uh, you know, he was a standout performer last year, and by the end of the season, he was the best player in the comp. So they will welcome him back with open arms if that opens up for them. Um, great game at Dremoyne, Pirates and East. Uh, West just like a house on fire in the first half, ran out to an eighteen zip lead. Paulie R.C. Tamoipier must have given Eastern Suburbs an Alex Ferguson-style hairdryer spray at halftime because uh, Eastie's, uh, Eastie Beasties came out and scored 28 unanswered points, uh, Swanee. And that's a that's a big win when your chips are down in, in a game like that away from home. Um, so I think they'll take a lot of confidence out of that result. Oh, absolutely. With with Drury Hawkins playing brilliantly at 10 in that first half, um, you know, you had some, some pretty exciting tries too. Tizano playing for the yep. for the Pirates as he well. Back. And and interesting to see um, a loafer, a loafer back in the uh, – so I hadn't seen his name on the score sheet this year. So he's back from overseas playing for the Pirates. Um, but yeah, that, that's a that's a heck of a second half effort from uh, the Beasties. I don't know if anyone caught the Harlequins Bristol game up in the Premiership 
uh, over the weekend, which was very similar. Uh, Bristol Bears are out to a huge lead and then got run down by Harlequins in, in very similar fashion. So um, yeah, it was a classic game of two halves. Mm, I would... Uh, Cash, I'd like to see Mark Gudmanson with a with a team maybe with a bit more pedigree in terms of uh, maybe their pack and and a few other bits and pieces, maybe some key decision makers because his sides are really impressing me the way they go about their football. He hasn't had the strongest roster. He's had huge turmoil, lost a lot of players, but still puts out entertaining sides that have been much more competitive this year as well. Yeah, listen, uh, Gutto is probably one of my... My, uh, my my better go-to men. And uh, listen, he has been doing a, a, a very good job there. Uh, he's been blessed by the fact that he's got a, a fairly stable pack and uh, they work hard. Mm. And obviously with Carla Dezano, as you mentioned, Swaney, coming in there, they're, uh, they're, they've just got that little bit of edge there. So uh, a loafer, a loafer in, in the centres makes a, makes a hell of a difference. And uh, also off the bench, uh, during that game, they were able to use Cameron Orr, a very good prop who has been uh, down in the Rebels, I think, and Kelly uh, yeah. uh, uh, Messina is, uh, was working off, off the bench. So, listen, there is a wee bit of depth there and uh, they're, mm. they're, they're sort of very sort of classy. And, uh, listen, I really like the work that uh, the halfback, uh, Dimitri Chipsabov, uh, does. Uh, apologies for the pronunciation there. And also, uh, you mentioned uh, Drury Hawkins, Swaney, uh, mm. did very, very well. Yeah, no, ticking along nicely, but uh, East uh, also ticking along really well, obviously, uh, in the higher realms of the competition. Rowan Cyphaloy's uh, finding his feet. I always thought he'd be a good pickup for East, but uh, looking like a very important for the Beasties uh, into the finals. So, well, looking. Um, you know, how the beasts are going to end up the year. But I've just got to – we talked about this last Monday at, uh, or Tuesday at our uh, get-together. We, we we have a bit of a vibe about the beasts, don't we, this year, uh, Swaney? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're obviously going to get some um, – Some, some troops know, good, back. Good personnel back in the uh, in the next few weeks. Um, and, you know, Paulie is obviously a brilliant coach. Um and I reckon he'll just be able to get the best out of those guys. And it's often quite <clears> difficult <throat> to integrate those professional players back into mm. the sides for a coach. Yeah, um, but he's you know, had having... to do it a few years in a row now, so you'd hope he's getting better at it. I'm sure he is. Exactly. And and um, so you, you'd think that he's absolutely starting to fine-tune that process. And uh, mm. so, yeah, we, we've definitely got... Uh, you know, as we discussed the other night, we've definitely got uh, vibes around eastern suburbs and and what they might be able to do at the back end of the season. They're going to come home with a wet sail. Mm, I'm sure that's what they're going to want to prove because they have struggled in finals time the last few years. But as we said, you know, the depth of their squad and they're starting to get some good results. Like result, like the weekend may have gone the other way in previous seasons. So. You know, it seems to be boating well, quite well for the Beasties so far, and we'll keep our eyes on their progress for the next few weeks. One person before we move on, yep. boys, uh, that should be mentioned is the young halfback, Teddy Wilson, David Wilson's boy. Mm. Dad had a very major role in uh, in the way that game turned, 28 points in yep. the second half, and he was very much at the uh, at, at, at the basis of all that, along with Cyphaloy and also Jack Digby did very well. Excellent. Well, the two Blues were outclassed by Ramick, uh, five points to 54. 
Um, Ramek just too good in this one, Casho. Uh, and they're ticking along well. I mean, they're just touching, keeping base, uh, keeping touch rather um, with that uh, with that sixth spot, which is now held by Gordon. So uh, still in the mix. Yeah, listen, uh, two tries, David Vay's, uh Back in play now after a couple of weeks out. Two tries there to David, mostly from uh, from rolling malls and uh, Christian Yasmin out, out wide uh, showed some uh, some real gas at uh, different times and some very good uh, evasive skills. But it, uh, listen, it, it was one of those games that you uh, you uh, you travel out there, you uh, you 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 seal the win. You get the bonus point and you uh, get the hell out of there, and that's uh, I think that's what uh, what uh, the Wicks did. So uh, young Deck Glaney um, had a start at uh, at loose head prop there, but uh, uh, on the, on the two blues front, uh, Sam Babb, the number nine, uh, did some stuff as did George Prane and uh, also Nicholas uh, Blacklock. Uh, who scored the um, the two blues only try? So yeah, the, the the try from Nick Blacklock was like a reverse backwards dunk uh, onto the uh, onto the try line. So that was good. He's been a staple in their side, mm. you know, this year in and around the team. I mean, they just continue to they start the games well, don't they? But it's just those little lapses, you know, at, at crucial times that that prove costly against teams when there's only a you know there's only a little small margin of error. Um, you know, they're, they're a physical team. They definitely could use it to their advantage a bit more, but it's just the decision-making at at times that, that really struggles with them. But, yeah, Sam Babb, as you said, Casho, uh, you know, performs week in, week out. Um, Alan Rathburn, I thought, their the lock, and, and Trent Winterstein as well, their outside centre, they, they show that, you know, they've definitely got something, those guys. Um, and I'm told that in the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, returning from injury to keep an eye out for Theodore Stephanie, a, a, a young utility back who um, will be returning pretty soon and uh, and he should add a bit of starts to them, you know, particularly having lost Tepai Moiroa uh, to rugby league. So, yeah, I, look, whilst, um, you know, they, they definitely aren't getting the results, I reckon that there's definitely guys trying hard there um, you know, having yeah. spoken to some people around the club, um, but it's just uh, it's just not not clicking for them. No, and it's not clicking for Penrith either, who are well beaten by Eastwood, seventy eight to ten. That is a bit of a shellacking, Casho. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, normally uh, uh, Penrith are pretty handy at uh, at uh, Nepean Rugby Park, but that. Uh, that- Certainly wasn't the case. It was uh, uh, one way traffic. Six, eight, ten, twelve tries to uh, mm. to uh, two there. So uh, yeah, listen, it uh, it was a reasonably ugly day at uh, Nepean Rugby Park there. But uh, Michael Isley once again for the Woodies amongst the try scorers, along with uh, Josh Nassian. So uh, mm. good luck to all all those guys. Um, um, you know, like it's uh, it's always been a hard ask for this uh, for this Penrith group to uh, to sort of front up uh, with all their work commitments and other bits and pieces. Uh, uh, Muggo uh, in our rugby news mid season reviews was talking about how hard it is to actually get guys to play on the road, particularly that game against Newcastle, because it 
it probably uh, ruled a lot of guys out of their uh, their work life for uh, you know a couple of days over the weekend, and that's uh, that's one of the realities that we that we found out from uh, from Craig Morgan about uh, rugby shoot shield rugby premier rugby in the in the West. So uh, yeah, listen, not a not not a pleasing result for uh, for Penrith, but uh, uh, probably a good chance for the Woodies to um, get the for and against going. Mm, I was at Manly Oval to watch the Marlins go down to Hunter. Manly 12, Hunter 17. Oh, I'm struggling uh, with my beloved club at the moment on the podcast week to week. That's six losses in a row. Um, we are third last with seven losses and two wins. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's trying times, uh, down at the beaches. I know we're, uh, we're in a bit of a, a bit of a phase in the club, but it's really hitting the low bars at the moment, trying to find some mm. positives here, but watching the game on the weekend, they just, were just a bit rudderless, like lacking confidence from under 15 and, oh, just critical errors. It was a wet day at Manly playing through the cricket pitch, which is always a disaster. Yeah, um, I thought it was scrapped, didn't they? they scrap- well, we always knew it was going to be scrapped. No manly yeah. fan, no one that's been following the team closely or knows the inner workings of the club was confident going into the game. We we all thought it was going to be tight, and Manly had their opportunities to win it. They did, but yeah. um, I thought Hunter were good. Um, they were well served by a really good pack, um, and they've been better this year, I reckon. And you know, hopefully, we'll have a, a better end to the year. But for Manly, it's just ugh, it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough, um, tough going down at Manly to, to find much silver lining at the moment. But uh, we got Eastwood this week, and it's not going to get any easier. So uh, yeah, I don't really silver know. Lining, Berger, may well have been the fact that James Hildebrand Cecil uh, played his two hundredth uh, great yeah, game. Yeah, that was so, great. Uh, that was great. You know, one of the great warriors of uh, of the shoot shield. Yeah, and one of the great characters. So everyone was very happy for James on that achievement, but disappointed the fact that uh, couldn't get him the results. Um, but yeah, I just uh, got a lot of work to do in and around the place uh, over the next six months, and already got to have a bit of an eye on next year, and hopefully try and play themselves into some sort of form because the problem at the moment is it's just not much improvement, which is the concern. So uh, we need to see. Hopefully, you know things will start to to get better um, with the players we've got. There's a couple of players coming back this week. I think James Omson might be available. Um, Douglas has been ruled out by the TAR, so he's not available. So, you know, just two, three players of that it will help, but um, still lots of work for the Marlins to do. Um, let's talk about a better game from the weekend, which was probably the game of the round at yeah. North Sydney Oval. We might throw to Casho here, who's probably – Casting a very close eye. There was a lonely figure on the hill in an umbrella. It wasn't you, was it, Casho? No, it certainly wasn't. Listen, I was uh, I was in the Sean's Lounge, invited there by uh, Jack Bury and uh, President Graham O'Donnell. Uh, so Suitcase golden ticket it, again. Sorry. It was out. It was out of the rain. It, it was warm. The food was absolutely fantastic, and I've got to thank Jane Peters for. Uh, the uh, the catering there and uh, listen there was a bevy of personalities in in that Shawman's lab including Tony Crawford the uh, the chairman of the uh, the Waratahs John Geddes the uh, the oh. former uh, editor sports editor of the Manly Daily as a matter of fact John shouldered me out of the way to get to the hot food at uh, at half time it was that good there weren't any prawns were there Kasha. <laughs> 
No, no prawns, some <laughs> And uh, Swaney, just, just I digress here slightly, but a lot of the Norse people were very impressed with the way that you you handled their uh, their Von Andrews luncheon on uh, on on Friday. They they actually raised the most amount of money of any Von Andrews, and everyone came away with a smile. And they're all slightly uh, slightly pissy, which is which is always good for a, a rugby lunch. And you managed to uh, to uh, play off the uh, the talents of Justin Harrison and uh, Andrew Merton. So congratulations, Swaney. A lot of people love your work. Oh, yeah. thank you, mate. It was a very much a pleasure. It was all mine to be there and uh, and help them out. And uh, yeah, what a uh, what a great lunch. It, it's a, it's a, obviously a, an institution, the Bon Andrews, and so a real honour for me to be able to MC it. But um, what about Mertz and Gug, uh, Justin Harrison? Very, very entertaining, those two guys. And uh, and it was great to uh, to hear from Zach Beer, Harry Bury, and Cass Scarlett, the Sirens captain as well. She was incredibly impressive. In fact, she was so impressive that she managed to coerce some uh some sponsorship out of uh a new sponsor who was just there attending on the day so um yeah look a, a great result all round um they raised a ton of money for the club um uh, just a shame they couldn't get the result the next day they were probably nursing hangovers well think. that's what you've done you've uh, you've tenderized them as the great dominic <laughs> dominic wilkins used to say in the nba invite all the players to his club the night before and get them sozzled and then and dunk on the next night. So, uh, you know, uh, that was a tight old game, though, wasn't it, Casho? Rats uh, rats still impressing. You know, they've lost Ben Maher for the season, which is a killer loss. Some may say fatal, but uh, at the moment they're doing well, and that is a really good result at North Sydney Oval for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. They uh, they came at one stage, I think they were 15-5 down at uh, one stage and just sort of Work their way back in, in, into the game with a penalty goal and a few sort of bits and pieces. Mm. It was one of those games that was ruled by the way the wind was blowing, and uh, Norse ran with the wind in the, in the first half and were up uh, quite comfortably and, look, and looked as though they were uh, going to uh, uh, notch up a big win. But uh, uh, there, there, there were a few uh, hurdles along the way. They lost Harry Bury to. Uh, uh, a bit of a head knock. Uh, he, he actually collided with uh, Tyson Davis's knees early on after about a minute or so of the game. Uh, they lost him just about immediately. They, then lost uh, Angus Sinclair uh, or just a little bit after half time. So it was very much a patched up uh, Norse backline. But mm. listen, uh, Ringer just uh, kept on coming. Uh, everyone was uh, before the game was talking about, oh, what are we going to do without uh, without Ben Ma? Well, the the, the answers were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dean Bloor did uh, did very well. He played well. Fantastic uh, short kicking game, obviously mm-hmm. inspired by some input from uh, from uh, Jeff Tuvey, uh and uh, also the fullback there. Uh, uh, ben Woolett did uh, did uh, did really well, but uh, uh, the, the that short kicking game really impressed me from uh, from Blore. I, I I don't think he'd sort of come of age really uh, un- until this game. He really showed that he he can grab a game by the scruff of the neck and uh, really steer the rats around. And they they did very well. They've got a 
they've, they've got a very good front row. Their back row is very, uh, very, very strong. Harry Anderson Brown. Yeah, uh, I like Anderson Brown. Well. I think he's good. The, the number nine, he's, he's excellent. Yeah, and, and and there's speed out wide through Tupu and uh, Cheekham. So yep. uh, a, a lot to like about Warringah at this particular stage. So uh, uh, Norse continue, you know, like I, I, I just get the feeling it's, it's a wee bit of a, a hiccup. They're, uh, yeah. They come together uh, on, on the prop front. I think you'll find... Within a month, they'll have quite a formidable scrum. So Apollosi Renoir uh, actually joined the club uh, during the week, actually from Moringa. He's playing third grade. So he was cleared and played uh, probably 40 minutes there and did, uh, and did very well. Uh, a very uh, a very handy tight head acquisition there. So, uh, mm. yeah, it was just uh, – it was one of those games that uh, Norse weren't destined to win, but uh, uh, good luck to Moringa because – They've uh, they've finished quite a heavy month of football where they've played uh, Sydney Uni, Gordon um, and, uh, and and Norths and uh, have come away, I think, with two out of four. So uh, not a bad effort from, from the Rats and I think they're, uh, they're a team on the rise. Mm, they are. Uh, University still out in front of the table, nine from nine, 45 points. Norths in second, East uh, in third, not far away now. Um Eastwood in fourth position, Ringer fifth, Gordon sixth, Ramick three points off Gordon in seventh and south, and maybe the Hunter not out of it on 18, but south and Ramick you'd think are going to be the teams trying to push into that six. Um, it's going to be an interesting round in that respect because you've got Gordon taking on Hunter, Uni, Uni taking on south, south will be absolutely desperate uh, in that one, Wicks and Norse, another interesting one. Woody's take on the Marlins, the man they will have to be on their A game to stop the bleeding. Um, yeah. rat, rats taking on the two blues and Penrith and West Harbour uh, round out the fixtures. So plenty happening, um, you know, in and around the table and still a long way to go. Teams that have had ordinary first starts of the year want to try and get things right, um, you know, as, as we head into the to the home stretch, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Where are we going to be at the uh, footy this weekend, Kasia? Where are you going to venture to, mate? Mate, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking of uh, maybe even heading over to um, Eastwood and Manly at uh, at TG Milner during the afternoon there. So uh, I've, I've got a very interesting morning, boys. Uh, I'm going to uh, the Glen Street Theatre to see my granddaughter uh, as part of her dancing academy at Stedford. So, oh, very nice. Yeah, what, what a fantastic way to uh, to start the weekend. So uh, a bit of a morning tea after that, then uh, then off to the footy. You're a culture vulture. Absolutely. <laughs> and, Swaney, uh, you've got some uh, sevens commitments coming up, the Oceana Sevens. Yeah, that's right. So the Oceania Sevens in uh, Townsville this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Townsville. Um, it's going to be a nice balmy sort of 25-plus degrees every day uh, looking at the forecast. So that should be nice weather for shorts. Um, and it's Australia, Fiji, New Zealand, and an Oceania Barbarians team in both men's and women's um, being played out before they hit the uh, the Olympics, so that'll be very entertaining. Catch it all live on Stan, and uh, I'll be up there calling with Sean Maloney, Morgan Turanui, Cam Shepherd. We've rolled out of the uh, the fridge, and um, and Jem Etheridge is coming along as well. So oh, it's shit. 
yeah, it should be a good uh, good few days. Oh, Actually, yeah. good good to see Ship uh, back in it, uh, Swaney. I uh, I had an afternoon with him on on the Oval there at North Sydney Oval, and he was uh, he was talking about uh, having having plenty of good family time. But uh, glad to see that you've uh, you've recruited him up. Yeah, absolutely. One of the great men, uh, club rugby men, and you know, great sevens. He played sevens in the Commonwealth Games in two thousand and six, mm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And um, and you know, just a just a great bloke. So yeah, it's good to good to get him back involved. Would you guys be nestled into a local pub on Sunday evening, watching the state of origin? Your beloved Maroons can actually try and put up half a fight. It'd be silly not to go to the Mad Cow, wouldn't it? Oh, and wouldn't uh, <laughs> watch it. And, uh, that that would you know have a bit of Queensland dessert wine, um, beautiful, you know Bundy rum, and um, and go and settle in and watch some some State of Origin on Sunday evening. I reckon that's the go. All good. All right, boys. Have a good weekend, and I'll catch you next week. See you, mate. All right.